Welcome, everybody, to the Wannabe Jedi Podcast. My name is Josh. And I'm Matt. And today we are talking about Captain Phasma. So Captain Phasma has a lot of different content. She's got a book. She's got comics, as well as she's in two of the three sequel movies. But before we get into that, Matt, we have our favorite game, right? Star Wars Lines, where we are currently tied at two for four. So we're both batting 50% right now. <laughs> I don't know if that's well, a good good thing. I mean, if we're playing baseball, that's good. As Star Wars nerds, we probably could do a little bit better. Yeah. <laughs> so I will start us out this time. And my first one for you. Okay. You ready for this? Yeah. I will not be the last Jedi. Who said it? Um, that is Luke Skywalker. Yep. What movie is it from? Uh, that is from The Last Jedi. Yes. I mean, it's kind of straightforward. <laughs> um, yeah, he says it to Kylo Ren at the very end of Kylo's power trip. <laughs> is yes. the best way to put it. You're not, you're not wrong. So Okay, you ready for mine? Yes. You were always scum. Dude, that was my second line. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so wait, does that mean we scratch it? How does this work if we have... Um, I don't know if we've ever come across this. I think we both get a point here. Okay, that's fair. All right, that is Captain Phasma <laughs> yes, saying Captain... it to Finn. Yes, yes, yeah. Finn says rebel scum. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was, that was going to be my second one to you. I wasn't sure if you'd get it. Um, I thought there was a chance, but you're always scum. Yeah. Was, it's like a little niche line, so I wasn't sure if you were going to get that. It so, could, yeah. I mean, it could be, you could think it's part of the original trilogy, but it's Captain Phantom yeah. from the So that means you end four for six. I am currently three for five. Josh hit me with the last one. Okay. So Supreme Leader Snoke was explicit. Capture the droid if we can. But destroy it. General Hux. Yes. <laughs> I didn't even finish the quote yet. But yes, yes. He, so we, we are doing very well with these, there, these quotes. Today. This is what we needed more of. We needed some quick, we already got this. Yeah, four for six for both of us today. Yes. I feel a lot better about that. Yes. Yeah. This is this is our best round so far. <laughs> I think I thought I thought you were gonna go with like Kylo because, but I kind of yes I kind of started off the voice with General Hux. <laughs> yep, 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 yep. Well, I mean that's yeah. pretty good. That's pretty good. Four yes. for four for six in our first three weeks of the Star Wars lines. It's going well. Yeah, not too bad. So let's get into Phasma, right? Yes. Okay. So do you want to start off or? I'll start it off. I'm fine with that one. So very first thing is her homeworld is called Parnassus. And I have some details on the terrain and the environment. So atmosphere, breathable. Always nice to have it breathable. <laughs> um, now I think of Doctor Who when they have to scan for life or like... Uh... Yep, yep, yep. So on the like information when it comes to like the terrain, it's very like plateau and cliff heavy with very steep spires of black rocks yes which i think is interesting um i don't think that we see a ton of spire locations in star wars so i kind of wish that i know that it's in the comic that you really get to see that terrain mm -hmm. i would have loved to, i would love to see it in like a maybe not a phasma tv show but i would love to see a digital version of the spires and plateaus and cliffs in a, in a video game or in a tv show of some sort yes I also have some other information on the planet as well. Um, I know there was like some kind of fallout that allowed, well, people were broken up into factions and it was like a lot of like a post-radioactive war, I guess, or post-radioactive uh, 
post-war world. And the fun fact about it is that people couldn't leave the planet. Like there was this external security system that if any ship left, they would have shot down that ship and it would have crashed. Huh. That's interesting. Yeah. Another thing from, so this was either from the novel or the comic. I'm, I'm not sure where my source is. It's one of those two. But did you know that Phasma actually met and helped Hux's father to survive? Yep. yep. I did note that. Um, that was actually one of my first notes is like, this is the first encounter with the Phasma has with the Hux clan. Mm-hmm. And that's how she joined the First Order was through that connection. Yeah. I also have the book focuses more on her backstory while the comics focus on what happened in between mm-hmm. episode seven and episode eight. Yeah. So before the first order, before episode seven, that was the book. And then there's a, a comic that goes in between seven, seven and eight. And eight. Yes. Correct. Yes. Um, but anyhow, so I have a note on here that she helps plot to kill Hux's dad with Hux involved later Mm -hmm. on, which I'm just like, we don't see Hux and Phasma really interact, and then we just find out that they have this deep backstory about being intertwined together and murdering Hux's father. Also, that makes Hux way darker than I took him, you know? I mean, (laughs) I'm thinking, you know, sometimes we, like, ask, does Star Wars put in, like, a love kind of twist into it? Hux and Phasma? (laughs) I I don't believe so. <laughs> I'm I'm just I was just joking. Yes. <laughs> I had to say it. I had unfortunately to say it. they both met their demise before any spark could uh, form. Yeah. <laughs> so in episode seven, uh, Force Awakens, we see on the screen that Phasma helps Finn and Han and Chewie to take down the shield, so X wings and any of the resistance can break into Star Starkiller base. Correct. Yeah. So that whole twist on it and that whole scene that happened, like she was thrown into the garbage chute, she survived. But the whole thing with that, like there's a whole story of the whole comic shows that somebody, one of the First Order officers knew that she did this and she literally went on like a manhunt to kill this guy because she didn't want this information knowing that she was a traitor out and about. So Kyla would know or Hux would know because then she would be branded a traitor and and, and she would have to join the resistance, you know, all aboard the resistance train. <laughs> it's going to be like an Iden versus. Yeah. Sort of. <laughs> <laughs> well, we haven't we haven't talked about Iden um, yet. Spoilers, dude. Yeah, I know. I know spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have some stuff about like The Last Jedi, but do you have anything about like episode seven that you want to talk about? Like, um, I, I want to focus a little bit more heavily a little bit before episode seven, which I read something coming across yeah. my research that I never got. Okay, go go for it. But it, it mirrors ancient Rome very much so. And so I think it's, it's very relevant. Are you talking about her armor? No, no, nothing like that. I'm talking okay. about allegiances in essence. Okay, okay, I'm interested. I, I don't know the, about this. So it turns out that once Phasma completed like the training and gained control of the First Order's training program, mm-hmm. she entered into an unofficial triumvirate with Kylo Ren and Hux. Interesting. So for those of you that don't know what a triumvirate is, in ancient Rome, that was when it is basically a coalition of men of substantial power to control everything in Rome. Mm-hmm. So the very first one was Pompey, Caesar, and Crassus, which is how Caesar became the dictator. Mm-hmm. And actually, this makes so much sense. We already know that Supreme Leader Snoke, there was a big power grab for Supreme Leader Snoke. 
Mm-hmm. And this triumvirate, you see that at the end, basically Kylo is Caesar and seizes control of everything within the First Order, while Pompey and Crassus are both Hux and Captain Phasma. Mm-hmm. Basically, what ends up happening to those two others in the triumvirate is they both die in the end, mm-hmm. and Caesar maintains the power. So just wanted to point it out there that this was very intentionally done. And even though people do bash saying that the, me included, that the sequel trilogy does not always have what seems to be thought out writing. This was very evident that the the triumvirate, now that like, I wouldn't have known it unless they said it. But now when you think back on it, you can really see how Hux, Kylo, and Phasma were the unofficial triumvirate. Mm-hmm. in the first order which i just thought was really interesting and as a history fan and buff i would say that it was a it was a good tie back thank you ancient rome class so to add on to what you were saying was so like you know they have like a three men i guess in the in the triumvirate if i'm saying that right right yep so originally phasma was actually supposed to be a man i don't know if you mm-hmm. knew this but the Disney and the people that were casting and and her performance, they liked Gwendolyn so much that they casted her on, and that's why she kind of took like a Boba Fett back step or back seat in Force Awakens and Last Jedi, because I guess like something with the writing was supposed to be like a man. I don't know. I don't know what they were intending to do with Captain Phasma, but all I know is that she was supposed to be played by a man, but then they liked her performance, Gwendolyn's performance, so they casted her instead. I don't know why. They had like different writing. What what would cause like the man between man and woman? Like why would they have that difference? I don't think it necessarily matters about being a, a man or a woman in this circumstance. I think one thing to highlight is that for the triumvirate, it was peaceful at the beginning, mm-hmm. and just like in the comics that we see that it was peaceful at the beginning between the three, and then you saw Kylo get power hungry, you saw Hux get power hungry, mm-hmm. and you see that that allegiance started to break and even in eight you see that hux is like ready to go at kylo he doesn't think he's ready to lead hux wants to lead mm-hmm. you know and, and so i think that it didn't necessarily you didn't necessarily need to i i would have loved to see more phasma i think that it was a really cool unique character and it could have been an ongoing struggle for finn mm-hmm. but i think it it was more important about the rise of kylo so I think that if they actually shifted focus where the clash was between those three, mm-hmm. but we knew that they had a deeper backstory, I think that would have been stronger than focusing on her fighting Finn. Yeah, I think so. I mean, Phasma wasn't even like, she was a part of the, the group, but well, in episode eight, she was fighting Finn and, and Rose when yeah. when the, everything was going on. Which was still one of the best shot scenes in all of Star Wars. I, I stand by that. Um, minus the fact that BB-8 is riding around on uh, ATST. ATST, yeah. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) um, Another thing that I do want to talk about, well, there's something about episode 8 that I want to talk about, but um, her armor. Did you have any facts about her armor? I knew you were probably going to go to it. You are the stance, the the Jedi stance and armor fanatic, so why don't you tell everyone? Okay, so her armor was, I think it was in the book, it said like, so when she was recruited by Hux's father, he had like this big chrome ship. And this chrome ship was actually, I think it was owned by Palpatine. It was like one of his, his yacht cruise, cruisers, his one of mm. his ships. 
and it was like you know the N- Naboo. He was from Naboo. Palpatine was from Naboo. Yeah. Padme was from Naboo. They had those chrome ships from yeah, there. Yeah. So I think it was from Naboo origin. And what she did was she went back to her home planet where this ship crashed. Hux's father's ship crashed, or there's some kind of um, pieces left on the surface. Mm-hmm. And she actually melted it down into her chrome armor. Interesting. Yeah. So it's originally from her, well, Hux's dad's ship. It's from a ship. So I don't know. That's if- interesting. I know that it was stronger, but I never really thought that it would. I thought it was just a different metal that they you know, kind of similar to the Mandalorian and their uh, Beskar armor, where it was just like a, a very strong armor. I never realized that it was because it was ship material, in essence, yeah. why it could withstand the blaster bolt so effectively. That makes sense. Yeah. I mean, in The Last Jedi, we see that Rose's shot deflects off of her armor, but then when Finn hits her in the helmet, it actually held up pretty well. I got to say, it did hold yeah. up pretty well, but you could see her eye. I do Which want to was talk such about a great that. shot. I want to talk about that scene, and I want to talk about the alternative scene, if you know about it. I do know about it, but I'm going to let you lead the charge. So okay. w- the scene, in case people don't know which one we're talking about, we're talking at the very end of 8 after the after uh, Admiral Haldo sends the ship, their like, uh, flagship, through the Supreme Leader Snoke's cap- capital ship as well. Um, and everything's on fire, and Finn and Rose are fighting for their life against a bunch of stormtroopers, and BB-8 somehow gets into an ATST and is controlling <laughs> everything. And it's a comedic relief that did not hit me well. Um, mm-hmm. Other people, I think, agree with that. Other people really like it. It's your own opinion. You have it. Good for you. <laughs> um, <laughs> but that's the, that's the scene we're talking about. This is the scene that we also, from our quote, where she says, you will always be scum, and then Finn says, rebel scum, and then she dies. Yeah. That's the scene we're talking about. So Finn falls down a pit, and then there's an elevator that comes up and brings him up, and then he hits Phasma in the helmet. And then Phasma's on the ground, and it's very, you know, that's where the quote comes in. And then she falls in, and next thing you know, I I thought she... I thought she was coming back. Yeah, I thought she was going to come back, but she falls down. She falls down. There's fire. It's... She's... That's her death scene, predominantly. Like, that's that's her death scene. But like Boba Fett... We didn't know if she was going to come back in episode nine or later because she survived. She survived in the, the garbage chute. On Starkiller yeah, base Star- and everything. So yeah. She's very persistent. Like that's, that's her quality. That's, that's what she is. She's persistent. She wants to survive. So seeing that she wasn't written into episode nine, you know, that's an interesting one. So that's the, that's the official canon scene. But they did shoot an alternative scene. Did you, did you watch that, Matt? Yes. Yeah. Uh, but, do tell. Okay. Do tell for the listener out there that hasn't heard or watched the scene. Yes. So in the alternative scene, it's Phasma and a bunch of stormtroopers are around Finn. And Phasma's holding her staff, and, and Finn has, I think, the actually, he has like that staff. And he was telling, he was talking to Phasma and saying, Phasma, what's going to happen when the stormtroopers around you know that you turned off the Starkiller base shields. And Captain Phasma said they're not going to believe you. And it actually, the stormtroopers look around, and they look at each other, and then they start turning their blasters to Captain Phasma because, you know, she believes, she says to, the, to her troops all the time, you should sacrifice yourself for the First Order. So knowing that she didn't sacrifice her, herself when Han, Chewie, and Finn were holding her captive, that she's a traitor. 
So they were turning her blaster on her, and then she took out her little pistol and shot all of them. And then she goes to hit Finn, and then Finn falls back, and then Finn takes out this big, heavy gun and shoots her, and then that's how she. And then she flies over the ledge and and dies. So I don't know. I don't like that. I mean, like I I've already seen it, but I st- just you talking about it is like ah, I'm glad they took that out. I do not like that alternate ending. Yeah, I mean, it did show her. So I think in the scene, it did show that she was climbing up with stormtroopers onto like the ledge where Finn was. And that's how they they circled around him, mm-hmm. but I I don't know if that was supposed to be after she fell or before I don't know, but um, I thought it was pretty cool. I think it was a a cool ending for her, but yeah, I do like the original one. Like I said, I thought she was gonna come back in episode nine and have a prominent role, but she didn't. I the main reason why I don't like that is like granted she. She did disobey her own orders, which is, like, sacrifice herself for the First Order. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it's not like the... There's a larger task at hand for these stormtroopers, and they should be... They should know why would... There's a rebel scum, as we've highlighted, on the ship mm-hmm. that's trying to blow up this ship. Isn't that more important than taking out your commanding officer that you can then report later on? You know, like, the ship's already going down. Why don't you take out the rebel scum and then bail? And yeah. then talk about it later. I don't know. <laughs> the force has its way. <laughs> yeah, I I just don't like that one. <laughs> but we will continue this discussion of Phasma after this short break. Welcome back, everyone. We are still talking about Captain Phasma, and Josh has one more quick fact for us, and then I want to take the rest of the time to have an open, honest discussion about how we felt about Captain Phasma. Yeah. So my last fact is that even though she was like third rank or fourth rank from the top of Snoke originally in, in Force Awakens. She was still dedicated to patrol the hallways of Starkiller Base, as well as go on these different missions, as we see when Kylo is going to kill that village and trying to find the droid, when they're trying to find Loris Ateca to find the map to Skywalker with Kylo and Finn, eventually Finn turning or having awakened from whatever he has uh, occurred on that planet of Jakku. So, yeah, I think that that was pretty cool. I mean, we did get to see her. I think there was about a minute and 38 seconds of screen time for her in The Force Awakens. Really? Yeah. That little? That little. Oh, my gosh. Maybe a little bit wow. more, two minutes. It's definitely like a Boba Fett kind of deal. Like, she's in the yeah. background. <laughs> yeah. I guess I always just thought that she was uh, she was bigger than that, you know? And maybe that maybe that goes to what we want to talk about with this open and honest discussion. Yeah. That's still one minute? Yeah, I think so. One minute to two minutes. Oh my gosh. Wow. I, anyhow, that leads us into this discussion. Josh, yeah. I like the character of Phasma. Mm-hmm. I think that it wasn't executed how I want looking back how I want it, especially with the information about the triumvirate. Yeah. So I don't know about you. She was like definitely like a back seat in that. In the triumphant. Yeah, which I think that they could have had an opportunity. Maybe they maybe they will highlight it in some show or one another. 
she never takes off her mask mm-hmm. so we, like a lot of people wouldn't know who the actress is underneath so you could definitely get another actress yeah potentially but the thing that i want is i want to i wanted to see more tension between especially with them having a triumvirate i mm-hmm. want to see more tension between phasma hux and kylo i yeah. want to see that power struggle i want to see them i don't think that necessarily they had to be careful because supreme leader snoke probably could sense if something was happening mm-hmm. in the in the background but there had to be discussions how do we become the leaders yeah i wish that we saw that can you imagine like i i think episode eight is the best out of the sequel trilogy mm-hmm. could you imagine that instead of all three like hux dies really early on in nine and yeah phasma die in eight mm-hmm. imagine if those three were alive and that was another story that was being looked at in nine was the power struggle between the three over over the palpatine storyline i don't even, i did not like the palpatine <laughs> storyline but can you imagine if that was if it was a power struggle with those three while they're still trying to fight the rebels I would I would actually like that thinking about how the sequel trilogy was written definitely if that happened that would've been way better than Or you have Phasma and Hux they see that Kylo seized it and yeah. they're not happy with it. So what are they going to do? They're going to be plotting. Yeah, what if they paired up together? Like I said And the, then the it romance. became like a struggle. <laughs> yeah, and then it became uh... <laughs> Not the romance part, but the 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 struggle part. Yes. I wish I kind of wish that we saw that in nine. I wish that Phasma, we saw her in the backseat. We see this void in leadership. Now we have the opportunity to see the power struggle and then them betraying Kylo because they just don't want him to rule and they want themselves to be the rulers kind of thing. And so they try to assassinate Kylo and then Kylo wins or something. You know, something along those lines, I think would have been a really compelling storyline. And I kind of wish for that over having Palpatine back in nine. Yeah. And that's not to say that nine wasn't still enjoyable. I still really enjoyed it. But that was just something that it had canon. Yeah. Twitter talks about it all the time. Head canon. I, I wish that was head canon for me. That That is head, head canon for me kind of thing, even though it's not real. I agree. Um, thinking about it, I was thinking like what other... Star Wars content she was in. She I think she was in a resistant in the resistance episode, but there was another uh character who is like Commander Pyre, who is a lot more memorable than Captain Phasma. Really? Yeah, they should have had Captain Phasma more in resistance than Pyre. To make a role. Yeah, yeah to yeah, make yeah. a role. Especially to to build up her character and like actually have some content on her. Because she's definitely like a like a boba because I mean it would have showed her failed a lot more because, you know, in the kids show, they want the, the good people to be prosperous. And yeah. yeah, I don't know. I don't know. They, I mean, Commander Pyre, I think, has a little bit more of a ledge of just like memorabilia if you watch Star Wars Resistance than Captain Phasma. Yeah, totally agree. <laughs> but uh, let's go into what you what you wanted Phasma's character to be like. No, that was that was it. Oh, okay. To be honest, I I wanted that. I loved like the the scenes that we do see Phasma in. I think it's really strong. You can see her allegiance. I like that. Mm-hmm. I wanted to see. I wanted to see some power hunger out of her. Actually, yeah. there was definitely a void and an opportunity to expand her role, and she just kind of didn't. Okay, real quick. Um, <laughs> yes, I, yes, I have a last. Uh, <laughs> so in the, in the Force Awakens, you know how like Finn is like finally waking up. To realizing what the first order is actually mm-hmm. doing, like yep. it seemed like Phasma was just like a helicopter, like <laughs> behind behind Finn following all the time. constantly. <laughs> what are you doing FM now? Two one eight seven. Why is your helmet off? 
<laughs> She's like, I, even though that there's 80 other stormtroopers I got to deal with, I'm focusing on you, sir. She did know like every single stormtrooper number under her command, which was really interesting. That that takes skill. I can barely remember my phone number. I mean, I remember all my <laughs> students' names, so. Uh. Well, that's different. <laughs> You're socializing with them every day. Yeah. Like, I, so I guess it kind of makes sense. Yeah. It's the same with like, their numbers are their names. So I guess it makes sense. Josh, I there is one more note that I have. Okay. Is it about Battlefront? I was about to say, you haven't talked about Battlefront yet, and I'm very proud of you. <laughs> because it, for those of you that don't know, we're recording this post-Scarif update, so the very last update of Battlefront 2. I'm really sad. Like, I am... Uh, I am legitly sad. But that means that Phasma will remain OP through the end. I mean, yeah. How do you feel about that? I, I feel it's fine. I mean, she does have her little droid that we talked about at the end of R2's episode. Do we see the droid at all in... Last Jedi, I think? A she, little bit? She has a droid in The Force Awakens, but we don't see it, like, on her person. We just see, like, when either when Finn and Rose are captured or when... Poe is captured. I don't. I don't remember. But yeah, she does have some kind of droid. There are, there are first order droids. Yeah, I. I just wondered because it, it's a very OP move. Yeah. In Battlefront, I didn't know if we really saw the use of that prior. That would have been amazing. Yeah. Imagine if her droid was in here and was <laughs> shocking, torturing. Uh, yeah. Shocking Finn or Rose or anything. I don't know. But I did like her staff. It's that was pretty cool. And then. She does have her determination to give you a little bit of a extra health as another power up. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. She is definitely, definitely OP. But agreed. Well, I think that pretty much wraps up Phasma. Yeah. Um, again, there's there's things that we wanted to see a little bit more of. I mean, minute and thirty screen time in, in... the Force Awakens. Mm, oof, oof. Yeah. I wish there was more. Yeah. Especially, especially in nine. I think eight and nine could have played out a little bit differently for her storyline. But that's okay. We we live and we learn, you know? Yeah. All right, Josh, who are we reviewing next week? So next week, we are reviewing Hera Syndulla from... The Twi'lek. The Twi'lek from Star Wars Rebels. Actually, her father was actually in uh, Clone Wars. And she was too, technically, right? I think she, she was a little like kid, a... but... Yeah, it, like a baby. The one so. character that we've talked about, you and I, um, that we're looking into is the... Uh, person who voices padme in clone wars she has another character from that same episode where they're on um on the twilight world and um so she, that character grows up and she's actually also yes. in rebels but yep. I Catherine Tabor. yeah she she hera was probably somewhere in we, she might have been they could say that she was there but she didn't have a speaking role so we don't actually really note it yeah uh kind of thing but we're really excited about uh, Hera. Hera is one of my favorites from Rebels. I love the the mother figure that she plays. She is mom. <laughs> She's mom. She does she does very good with that. But in the meantime, while you have to wait for that episode, you can take a look back at all of our previous episodes that we have. We have about eleven out right now. Might be twelve with the special being live. Twelve or thirteen um, actually, because yeah. we'll have uh, two of our two uh, and uh, the last Clone Wars episode specials on uh on monday uh, before yes this release yes true so make sure to check those out and then join our facebook group we have a facebook group or facebook page it is called wannabe jedi podcast look us up feel free to like and interact with us through there we uh we want to get to know more of the uh the padawans in the world and want you guys to uh join this community yes 
And we'll see you guys all next week for Hera. Take care, everyone. May the force be with you all. Ha, ha, ha.